0: Welcome to the GeoMob podcast, where we discuss geo innovation in any and all forms, be it for fun or profit.
1: Welcome to another GeoMob podcast. Today I'm talking with Richard Hawthorne, the founder and CEO of Train Tracker. Now, Richard spoke at an online GeoMob back in February 2021. And there was a fantastic response. Lots of people love the work that he's doing, love the train tracker devices. And so we thought it would be great to get Richard here and talk to him in a little bit more detail about what train tracker is and where the idea came from and all of that. So, Richard, before anything else, welcome to the podcast. Introduce yourself.
2: Thank you very much. Yeah, my name is Richard Hawthorne, as you said. I I came up with the idea of train tracker and uh, it's basically it's it's a product of my hobbies. And it's, it's great fun. And it's, yeah, it's, it's my, my, my life at the moment.
1: Great. So this is a little bit different for us because normally we talk about people who do digital things and it all appears on a screen. Occasionally we talk to people who do artwork and they're drawing maps on paper or painting maps or something. But this is actually a hardware product. So explain what Train Tracker is.
2: Yeah, you're right. This is a, a hardware product. So train tracker is, is digital art. So we, we make circuit boards, uh, and on those circuit boards, we, we put LEDs. So these circuit boards are the type you might find in your mobile phone or, or laptop. But we lay out maps on these circuit boards in LEDs. So we basically can show data from these from these LEDs, live data. And we have two types of, of these train trackers. The first type is the, um, the transit train trackers. So as the name suggests... We can we can track trains on, on these maps. So for example, with the London Underground, we've laid out the, the all the tracks, all the all the lines, and we've and we've put an LED for each station. And so we can see exactly when a train is arriving in a station because the LED lights up. With other trans- transit networks, we've gone a bit further and we've added more LEDs, two lines, in fact, of LEDs, showing trains moving in different directions. So those are for the sort of the smaller networks, we can do that. London's a bit big for that since it's got so many stations already. So that's the transit side of it. We've also got geographic maps as well. And for those we lay out LEDs in a grid shaped like a geographic area. And so the the two main ones, the London I'm sorry, the, the UK map and the U.S. map. We've also got a few U.S. states as well, and they basically show any type of data, really. Primarily, we show rain and wind data, but we're adding more layers of data uh, in the future. And also, we've opened up the system as well, so we can let users send their own data, their own geographic data, to those maps.
1: Okay, that sounds really cool, and we'll talk about that a bit more. But before we do, where on earth did you get this idea from? I mean, it's a cracking idea, and anybody who hasn't seen one of these train tracker devices really needs to go on your website and have a look at them. But where did the idea come from?
2: Yeah, it's a bit hard to describe them in detail. Looking at them shows a lot more. You get a lot more from looking at a picture or a video of them. But yeah, the idea, I've always been into um, designing circuit boards and electronics, and I love um, collecting and displaying uh, real-time information. So I've got sensors around my house that sort of send data back to a server and I like to chart all the information. And then I was living in Boston at the time and I realised that the data for the MBTA, so the Boston subway was available and I realized that they had location information for all the trains. So I realized I could actually put those things together. I can make it circuit board that showed the locations of the trains. I showed a few people and it went down really well. I'd started a makerspace over there and people there were really quite enthused by it. So I, I realized that at that point there was sort of something to this idea and I started doing doing more of it and adding to it and created a business out of it.
1: Well, that's fantastic. When When your hobby becomes a business, And you can actually earn a living from it. That is really fantastic. So you create a circuit board, which has got the LEDs on it, which represent either the transit tracks or the stations, depending on the city that you're working with. Where do you get the data that gives you the sort of real-time feed of where the trains are?
2: So all that data is available. So the MBTA, the New York subway system, um, TFL in the UK or in London, that data is provided by them for free. And so that that data provides, where well, it goes to service lots of different applications. So, for example, like these networks use it internally for showing the screens at the platforms, for example. Right. But also, you can get mobile apps that show when the next bus is coming and those sort of those sort of things. Also, you can get there's various online maps of where the trains are and things. And no one's done it, at least not not I'm aware of, for in circuit board form. But yeah, that data is all there and available. So we use it in a, in a slightly different way. But it's the same data that's available to everyone, really.
1: So presumably you take the feed from, say, TFL and process it to turn it into some data which then feeds through to know which leds to switch to which color
2: exactly yeah so we, we take the data we take prediction data for example for tfl so it predicts how um, how many seconds it's going to be until a station arrives in each station we take all that process it and then yeah we've got an internal map that sort of shows what led represents what station and we can then sort of have the boards connect to the data source and then light up accordingly
1: so when you do a weather map You're taking a feed from somebody like the Met Office.
2: Yeah. So, for for example, for weather information, there's lots of um, sources online for weather. Met Office, there's lots of them. So we we collect rain radar images, and then we just cycle through those images, grouping the 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 pixels in the image to LEDs on our board, and that tells us sort of what the the rain condition is there. Same with wind and temperature, those sort of thing we all get from from online sources.
1: So presumably, Richard, you could display any data on those geographic maps.
2: Yes. Uh, if there's data out there for a map, a type of a map, yeah, we can display display. display that so there's obviously more than just rain wind and temperature data out there and we've got suggestions for for more data but people can also plug their own data in so if they've got if they've got data a data source for a certain type of information and they want to display that on a circuit board we're we're opening up our servers to allow them to send that data to us and so yeah and so for example people have asked for lightning information to show lightning strikes on on certain geographic maps and i've we've found a source for it and so we're looking into how to integrate that. So there's certainly lots of opportunities for, for those. And and of course, right now, it's sort of mostly environmental data, but there's there's a lot of other types of data that can be displayed on those types of board.
1: And if I had a geographic map, can I switch from rain to sun or something else just by plugging in a parameter or flicking a switch or something like that or is it a bit more complicated
2: no it's pretty simple so we've got well, when when you set up your board on our website and, and put your wi-fi details in we we default to, to rain on these boards but you can just go in log in and then select the type of data you want to display. And so it's really really simple. Just a drop-down list and a OK, and it's all changed.
1: So I've got to tell you, my friend Ken Field, who's a cartographer, is a massive fan of yours, Richard. And he's got, I don't know how many of your train tracker maps he's got, but I know he's got the London Underground map because we chat quite regularly, and sitting at the side of his desk is your London Underground map beeping away, showing me where... So, I can watch the trains moving around London on his desk in California, which is pretty cool, I reckon. Yeah, that's pretty good. I've got a lot of fans for that. So, who's buying these? Are they being bought by map geeks? By who? Do you know?
2: So, yeah, certainly map geeks form part of it. People who sort of, I mean, people who like trains, people who like transit. But there's actually many different types of people, more than I sort of thought there might be. And so people like to just to see the boards twinkling away. Like you said, it's quite a nice piece of digital art. You can put it on a desk, put it on a shelf, and you can just see this sort of this artwork twinkling away and sort of showing that the train's moving around. Some people use the boards for practical purposes, and so they actually want to see the status of the lines on networks. And you can see where the, where the trains are moving or, or not um, so that's that's useful for them. Another, um, we had a farmer email us who uses the the rain map, the UK rain map, to show when it's raining. And he finds it really valuable to see that information. Just it's right there. It's always on. He can always see what's going on. So he he uses it for that. So there's lots of different types of user, and it's it's always nice to find out someone else coming along and and telling us how they how they use their board and how they find it valuable.
1: So yeah, I'm going after this after this chat that we've had. I'm going to be buying the. UK map, just have it sitting there. Brits are always obsessed with the weather and the idea of just having the weather quietly flickering in the background appeals to me when I'm working in my study. So how many cities have you got for transit maps?
2: So right now we've got four cities for transit. We've got London, we've got New York, we've got Boston and we've got San Francisco.
1: Right, so very American centric.
2: Yeah, we started in the in the states. I was living there when we started the business, and I've since moved back to the UK. In right. fact, the business is now split between the two countries, because which works. And the geographic maps we've got UK, US, and then three US states. Right. So again, there's sort of there's a fairly sort of US centric part of that as well. Okay. But we're we're looking to add more maps as well. We're adding more geographic maps, and we're adding more transit maps. That's something that we're going to be releasing next year. We've got a few more of those coming along. They're currently in development. It takes a while for these things to sort of go through development, but. We're We've got some of them coming for next year. How
1: big are they? The geographic maps. Physically, yeah, physically.
2: So the geographic maps, the UK one we've got at the moment is about hundred, oh, sorry, about twelve centimeters by ten centimeters. Right. The US one is about twenty centimeters wide, fifteen tall. The transit maps are usually a bigger ones. We've got two London Underground ones, and the big one is forty centimeters by thirty centimeters. Right. Okay. So that's a bit, a bit bigger. It's a bit more, a bit more beefy.
1: That's probably a hang on the wall rather than sit on the desk.
2: Either way, but yeah, it looks it looks good on the wall. Yeah.
1: yeah. Brilliant. So what's, I, do, I presume you don't want to tell me how many you've sold, but what's the customer feedback like? What kind of messages are you getting from the customers?
2: It's been really positive uh, and, and that's really enjoyable. When, when you start a business based on your hobby, it's really nice to get feedback from people who, who like what you're doing. So from the early days of feedback in Boston, when we realized that this could actually be a business, that obviously was, was, was great and encouraging. Now we get emails from people saying, I love your stuff. Can we do this? Or can we do that? And sort of trying to push us further in different directions, which is which is really valuable as well it's really important for us that we we take that customer feedback and we take anything we can learn about our customers directly because it means we can shape the future product shape the future business and so yeah it's been really great and so i i try and learn as much as possible whenever i can When i reckon speak to a customer i email and i i'll answer back with more questions and like right tell me about this tell me about that but it's really good it's really and it's and everyone's been very supportive which has been which has been great and
1: is it full time now this for you
2: Yes, it is. Yeah, it started as a hobby right. in Boston, but I, I moved back and I realized that this was a business. And so for the last two years, it's been full time now, fantastic. which is which is great, which I love.
1: Fantastic, fantastic. And we'll get to where people can buy them before we finish. Don't worry, you'll get a chance to plug the website. So, <laughs> what's next? Is are you going to stick to maps, or have you got some other ideas coming up?
2: We've got a long a long list of ideas. This list grows and grows and grows all the time much faster than we can design and build products we know for now that transit networks work people people like them and oh. people get them and people understand them so for, for now we're focusing on transit um, the geographic as well those ones also work there's a lot of scope for for geographic ones there's a lot of countries in the world and lots of geographic areas and so for example, going into Europe, there's lots of places there we can do. And even like in the US, we've done three states out of 50. So there's lots of potential there. But we are we are keen to learn from other people. There's no point for us building a product and then realizing that only three people want it. And that's, that's not a that's not business. No. And so whenever we are very cautious about building things that we haven't validated and vetted. So yes, there are ideas. And yes, we are throwing around these these ideas all the time. But it's very important for us to to make sure we... See if there's a customer base first before we start building them.
1: And presumably, there's quite a lot of work goes into actually designing the layout of the circuit board.
2: Yeah, the circuit board layout uh, is the first step. Oh. So you also have to have an idea of what you want. But yeah, laying out the we first we lay out sort of the transit lines, for example. We lay out those, and then we superimpose the LEDs on top of those, and then sort of um, have to do all the all the uh, the layout of the tracks and everything. It's sort of it's a sort of a longish process. I, I realised that when I first did my UK maps, I was laying those out, or the, I was laying that one out by hand as well, and I realised I could write a script to take an image of a country and then lay out LEDs um, programmatically, right. to now actually making a geographic map is a lot quicker, since I've got the software to do it for me now. So that certainly makes it a lot easier.
1: So when I was a teenager messing around with a bit of electronics, and we're going back more than 50 years ago now, you got the those sort of plastic boards and they were coated with a a film of copper the whole board was coated and then you you printed a pattern onto them that you wanted to be your circuit board and then you etched the whole thing away is it still done something like that or has it got much more
2: yes it is it's essentially the very similar similar process so it's a fiberglass board with copper on it, and you etch out the copper and really reveal your track. So yeah, it's it, it's got faster and cheaper and, and more efficient, but the actual underlying technology is, is sort of exactly the same, really. So yeah, that's, that's how it works.
1: But with hundreds of LEDs on, you've got to have some fairly, uh, you've got to, have some fairly fine lines joining
2: up those LEDs. Yeah, the, 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 certainly, like, the, the boards you might have made at home or at school were sort of fairly rough around the edges, yes. uh, mine certainly were, yes. and you might have a track that wasn't quite, it sort of disappeared at one point in the, in the middle of the uh, circuit board. Yeah, the, the tolerance is a lot more um, neater now, and so the, there are some very precise um, circuit boards you can get, and so <laughs> it has changed a lot. But it's, yeah, it's, it's you need sort of a fairly precise circuit board for that. But I, I've, always, I've always loved circuit boards because, you can do so much with the circuit boards that you just can't do by hand. Like Even those ones you made at home mm-hmm. were probably more complex than you could necessarily do by hand. Yeah. But, of course, with like a, a good sort of circuit board design, you can do things that you would never dream about doing by hand, and that's, that's the beauty of that sort of technology.
1: Fantastic. And I guess, I guess you're not, you haven't got vats of acid in the living room or anything to etch the board.
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I'm not sure my wife would be very happy with no, that. I, the kids wouldn't. I uh, can imagine. <laughs> like yeah, it like might
1: be a health hazard. Okay it so Richard, where do people buy do you buy these train trackers do they buy them online from you or are they available in shops or both
2: So right now we sell directly so our website is where you can get them If you're living in New York you can actually go to the MoMA so the museum of modern right. art they have them in, in in store there but but generally we um, we have them on our websites So for the UK that's or UK and, and Europe that's traintracker.co.uk and for America that's traintracker.io right. And so Train tracker is spelt train tracker, but missing the last E of tracker. Of course. So it's a slightly misspelled. You can't have everything is spelled properly these no. days with websites. No. You have to have a slightly quirky name.
1: And give people an idea of the range of pricing just so they've got a sense of this as a gift
2: so they start from um, 99 pounds go up to 250 pounds oh. depending on the size and the complexity there's various um, boards in that range
1: so for the map lover in your life this is the perfect christmas present
2: oh yes no no question
1: and <laughs> and how quickly do they get them is it sort of uh, we're dispatching the next day
2: yeah yeah we, we ship every day and so yeah we we ship sort of they'll be um, sort of two or three days is usually the, the shipping time um, depending on, on the service you get but yeah they're they're all in stock we've we've got a lot of stock at the moment and preparing for holiday season so we're yeah
1: great so everybody listening this is a great Christmas gift it's a great it's something really different it's it's absolutely compelling to just sit and watch it you know I, as I said you know once you've got one sitting on your desk you're you're just going to love it in the background. So why don't you go to train tracker.co.uk or if you're in the states train tracker.io. There's no r and e in train tracker. There is an r and I'll put the we'll put the links in the the show notes afterwards and get yourself a train tracker for Christmas or point your wife or husband or Parents or children, whoever it is who's buying, point them at Train Tracker and get one of these fantastic devices. Richard, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I'm sorry if there are a couple of blips in this recording. We had a couple of technical hitches, but hopefully it was come out and you'll have enjoyed listening to us. And Richard, it will be great to get you back live in a geomob in a room with the devices all lined up so that people can actually see them and go and touch them and wow at them rather than just seeing them on a screen because when we saw you the last time it was on screen so let's try and get you back next year Hopefully, things will be back to normal and we can get you back to another GeoMob.
2: Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, it would be fun to have them all lined up and show them, sort of show people in person because it it's quite fun seeing them in person and seeing them twinkle away. But yeah, thanks for having me. It's been great to chat and yeah, thank you very much.
1: Okay, great talking to you. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks everyone for joining us today and listening to the GeoMob podcast. Hopefully, you've enjoyed the discussion. Please don't hesitate if you have any feedback for us or any suggestions for topics that we should cover in the future. You can get the show notes over on the website which is at thegeomob.com while you're there if you're not yet on the mailing list please do get on the mailing list where we once a month send out an email announcing future events summarizing past events and just generally sharing uh, events that you may find of interest you can also of course follow us on twitter where our handle is geomob you can follow steven at steven feldman you can follow me at freifogel you can check out mappery at mappery.org and of course, if you need any geocoding, please check out my service, which is opencagedata.com. We look forward to you joining us again at a future episode, and of course, seeing you at a future GeoMOP event. Hope to see you there soon. Bye.